podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Versed is men's activewear that's built to be comfortable, functional, and stylish. Their versatile clothing is made from fabrics that flex and fit perfectly for any activity, whether it's at the gym or on the go. Versed is fit for living, and these wardrobe staples are sure to be your favorite things to wear. Versed is available at Dick's Sporting Goods, or get 15% off regular price items when you go to VRST.com and use the promo code PODCAST15, all in caps. That's PODCAST15, all capital letters. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Hello and welcome to episode 24, season 11 of the Fighting Cop podcast. Today I'm joined by Ricky and Felonius. How are you doing, boys? Good, good. Wonderful. Yeah, everyone fantastic? Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm over the worst. <laughs> yeah, same, same. It's it's bad. It's it's frustrating. It's purgatory, I think. It'd be the correct way to describe it. Sort of somewhere in between heaven and hell we find ourselves in at the moment where there's just a, just a, a lovely... No, no, not lovely. Uh, a, a somewhat comfortable, if you've been following Spurs since the 90s and beyond, just this is what Tottenham were for a long, long time. And, um, and, and, and we find ourselves in once again. And I think as someone who's been following Spurs for as long as I have, it's not this, I don't want to go back to being in purgatory where we're not shit, but we're not good. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm too comfortable in the, being good or in good inverted commas or being close to being good that the sort of Pochettino, Pochettino and um, Redknapp eras gave us. Um, but before um, 
we go on to the the game against West Ham and the fallout of that. More importantly, because I don't want to pick apart the, the the team performance too much, but just the, the where where we find ourselves out, out as Spurs fans now. My Sunday got worse actually um, after the result. Strange that that could happen, but that was the reality for me. Anyway, um, so I've been uh, I got a job or gig doing some sort of poker stars stuff. Um, and they said, oh, can you do a video to promote it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course I can. And in my head, I was like, let me big myself up to be like the best poker player on earth, um, that no one's going to beat me. Like, I'll, I will smash any anyone who comes at me on the table. If anyone wants to, well, I want to call my bluff? No chance. Actually, not this guy. Um, so I spent... Uh, about three hours working with the team at, uh, at PokerStars to try and get my account validated and get money into my account so I can join this tournament. And um, and after giving it all the big and I lasted 13 minutes before being dumped out. Oh, mate. We, we, we did it before, didn't you? Last time I, I was playing against some other... Uh, Arsenal Fan TV were involved in some sort of poker competition. Do you remember, Rick, and I, I enlisted your help and yeah. Windy's helped two people that know how to play poker. So I was telling them the hands and showing them the, what the other people were playing. But I didn't listen, did I? Rick? No, well, I told you to, to hold um, and wait, and you just went, no, I'm going all in. I went, <laughs> I, it was like, you know, after someone like a, if you say to your dog, sit, and like you go to look around, and they've already just got, gone across the road, and you're like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. And, and then it was just like, yeah, and then they get hit by a truck. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, what the fuck have you done, man? Yeah, I was in, and then I was out, and that <laughs> that was similar. Like, I thought, I thought poker was about having balls, isn't it? Is it not? It's about having balls, isn't it? I'm the big dog at the table, but you have got to be the big dog. You can't just you can't be a chihuahua when you can't pretend to be a doberman when you're a chihuahua. I think that's that's probably the best way to reference it. Yeah, um, I, I like to uh, size the table up. Really, let, let a few hands go. See what I'm see what I'm working with. Well, I, just... I did that for a bit. I was like, that that that, that hands no good. That's no I, good. I know you didn't. You were uh, no, I did. Just... I did for the first ten hands. I just kept folding, and then it was boring. I was like, Fuck, what am I doing here? I'm, it's a Sunday night. Spurs have just gotten beat by West Ham. There isn't a Spurs fan out there that feels positive about a football club right now. I'm sitting here just folding against people I have no idea who they are in a tournament that I don't really understand, in a game I don't really understand. Just after 10 hours, I was like, oh, let's go big. And then 13 minutes later, I was out. So, um, yeah, it was a great day. Great day. Uh, okay, so um, I didn't. I, put, I, I made a point of not requesting questions for this because I know, you know what's coming back, right? Sometimes it's interesting because you're not sure we're turtling tomorrow, are we progressing or are we regressing? But at the moment, I think the across the board the feeling is pretty negative um but not negative like we're gonna be we're fucked it's almost like there's an impending inevitability about Nuno's tenureship at Spurs but uh T you were at the game you got tickets what what's I I guess as, as someone and going to a game is different from from watching it on telly on your own or with your mates or or through Twitter or whatever it might be what what how are you feeling at the moment well, I mean, you know, the Newcastle game was a bit like, it was a good result, but are we there yet kind of thing? You know, can Newcastle are pretty poor? So, we saw the team line up and I can't really complain about any of it beforehand. Um, 
But as the game unfolded, it was just clear what West Ham were going to do. They're just happy to us to play in front of them. We dominated the ball, but very much in front of them. They didn't really put them under any pressure. And um, it's just a bit... The thing was depressing is that West Ham just knew how to play us. And it just felt like they were Tottenham and we were West Ham. It's like West Ham, we've beaten them and we've not been at our best in the past. A lot of, lot of times that's happened. And... Um, Yesterday, they weren't at their best and they still had enough to beat us. That's probably what's, what's depressing about it. Yeah. How about you, Rick? Well, uh, T, T just summed it up nicely and it's made me even more depressed. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of... I don't know, man. Like The, f- the first half, I felt that um, within the first 15 minutes, it was always going to be a bit nervy. And then we kind of really grew into the game. And like T said, we had, a, we had a lot of the ball, but we weren't really doing a lot with it. There was a chance where uh, Tangy put Son through and his shot uh, was just straight to the keeper. Um, and then I think... for Kane yeah, and, for, and Dombele. Yeah, ahead the, and I was going to say, yeah, the header for Kane as well, um, which is a bit, bit more harder. But um, apart from that, we didn't really... We didn't really work to do anything when we when we had the ball. Uh, we we did have a lot of possession, but it was it was just so uh, uninspiring, really. Oh. And then and then towards so we we got more of a foothold in that in that first half, and then towards the end of the second, I don't know, there was a late West Ham flurry in the last ten, um, and then the second half um, we did a bit better coming out, but again it was didn't just anything, did we? didn't create anything, and it. It just kind of felt like we we could see that we our attacking threat was all centrally and it was so congested. And then West Ham were attacking us on the wings and putting crosses in, um, and, and they were getting a bit of joy from that. But we were just like head down, focused, going straight down the middle, and it was just like just getting nowhere really. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we all watched the game. We saw saw how frustrating it was. And after the Villa versus and Newcastle games, I was quite positive. And obviously, I put a tweet out on Love the Shirt last week after the Newcastle game, saying same game, saying that uh, that was about as good a result and performance as we've been since the decline. I didn't actually say that. I said peak, peak Pochettino side. But what I meant was since he started to decline from that point through to where we were with Nuno in terms of controlling the game and being um, promising and, and really sort of in, in imposing ourselves on the game, it was up there. It was one of the best performances we've had since there. But obviously the caveat to that is that Newcastle are, are poor. But I was, because of that and because of Villa, I was confident going into this that we'd see a good performance. But if you look at, and I know people, I shouldn't even have to caveat this every time with XG, no one gives a shit about it. But it is it, ha- it does have some relevance. It does have... It, it does tell you something about a team's performance overall if you amass many games. And for not for the first time this season, we were second lowest. I think Norwich were the only team that had less XG against us and they got beat 7-0. So they had 0.22 and ours was like 0.64. It was the second worst in the league. And that, on any level, unless you're playing a, t- a supremely superior team, even then... It hasn't been that low, so th- th- there is there is some issue. There is definitely an issue here. And I saw a tweet to you. I think you saw it as well because you shared it, where 
um, I can't, I'm not going to say it verbatim, but sort of roughly, this is what he said. Um, but it was this, there's, there's a weird feeling that all Spurs fans are, are just essentially waiting for Nuno's reign to end. Not that we hate the guy or not that, you know, he's a, you know, he isn't as polarizing as, as, uh, Jose Mourinho because Jose Mourinho polarized because he had successes in, 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 in games in through his, through his, his, um, his managerial history. He's had amazing success. So his tenureship was polarising because there were Spurs fans who just thought he needed to go as ASAP and other Spurs fans were hoping that he would can, can replicate what he'd done at other clubs. But with Nuno, it, all, it does kind of feel like we're all on the same page, even though we're angry with each other and we're lashing out and being horrible on Twitter and whatnot. Everybody kind of feels, and they're dealing in their own way with the fact that this this feels so temporary. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the thing is, is that um, I gave Mourinho so much rope, mainly because of um, what he did previously to, you know, in in his prime, you know, he's won everything in the game. So I thought, I'm really going to have faith in him. And even when it wasn't working, I thought, you know, he can still turn it around. And I think that was a breaking point for me where I'm like, no, if I see, if I don't like what I'm saying, I've got to say straight away. And I think from the Palace game, I was there with Nuno and... um, yeah, it is, it is a bit like purgatory. I think um, Deb Stafford Blog, I keep quoting this guy, but um, he says something along the line. It's not even trust in the process. It's just um, it's just like um, a nothingness while bad football happens. And that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like right now. But, you know, what? there are lots of, there are a few positives from yesterday. I really do love Oliver Skip. I thought he did well under the circumstances. And um, Romero is just such... You know, kind of heart and mouth to watch him because obviously he's up against Antonio and he's trying to win the ball early and Antonio's putting his shoulder in the way. But, but he is class, don't he? I, I do, I do love him. And even that charging one he did must have been two thirds of the way through the game. Um, you know, there, there are lots of positives. I mean, obviously, um, you know, I don't really want Nuno at, at the helm, but there, there are little green shoots. Um, the Paratici was responsible for bringing Nuno in, in in the first place. I don't believe Levy wanted him, but Paratici's brought in Royale. Romero and Brian Heal. Um, that's three out of four transfers he's got right. I think Glean is rubbish. So there's, there's lots of... Um, there's lots, there's, there's, I think there's enough to think that we could turn it around. Um, well, but well, I, well, I guess the main thing is, who do we bring in? That's what people are saying. But Well, when, we, when you say turn it around, you mean without Nuno? I want it to be without Nuno. I don't think he can turn it around. I think okay. um, it's just in his DNA. And I think the fact that he changed 11 players and we still had no plan... I don't. I don't see where he goes from here. Um, and and that's that's the important thing, isn't it? Because I don't, like you say, I don't think anyone thinks Nuno is going to be the guy. I don't even think Daniel Levy does or Paratici does, really. Because you say um, Paratici, like Nuno's Paratici's guy. I, I don't think he is because he's been given a more substantial contract. It's two years, which is nothing. No one, unless you're Pep Guardiola, and he doesn't sign contracts for like huge amounts of time because he can literally he knows that he's almost guaranteed success in various forms and he can it literally he's the he's he's the ace card he's the a side in any negotiation um so so someone like Guardiola will always I'd imagine to give himself the most control a short-term contract but but with someone like um with Nuno it was on the other hand with Spurs need the leverage here because if this doesn't work out we need to be able to get him out without it costing or as surely have a longer contract though who, if that was the case, we'd give him a longer contract. If it's like, leave it said, look, we don't want the guy who's getting two years or he can fuck off. 
because we don't give two year contracts out to people, so it is a stopgap. And I, and I get exactly, that. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's yeah, yeah. So it's just, but 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 if we if we're at this situation now where I think we all feel like this isn't going to last very long, how where are we right now? Or Rick, Rick, if you can answer this, where, where are we right now? If um, if he's not going to stay around, or if he can't do enough, get Tottenham playing well enough consistently over many games where we're attacking, and even if we lose, we're at least you know try to assert some dominance because we should be asserting dominance and on, on on teams like West Ham and Palace and um, Watford at home, we should be playing better in those games. If we are are not doing that. How long does he have? And 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 if if we get rid of him right now, what what's the answer? There is no answer. It's, it's another stopgap. But what do you think, Rick? So uh, to go right back to the beginning of the pod, we're in purgatory right now. And the thing is, um, I don't think that Nuno is going to lose um, lots of games where we get an absolute shoe in where it's been like, you know, after United's game yesterday, you were doing, right, fucking Ole's got to go. It's just, that's just one result that you can't, can't stomach. Um, and I think we will win games and we will win 1-0 or by the skin of our teeth, not many chances created. And we'll just keep going, but it's not going to be enough for him to be sacked over because we'll still be winning or we'll still be um, performing okay. And there'll be this bit of maybe it might get better. Maybe um, we'll start to be more attacking. I just don't think um, it's in his philosophy and his DNA to be the t- to, to play the football that that we want to see played after after having Mourinho. Like we want to go back to a, a potch style and, and not to kind of be like the aggressive pressing, but we just want to be a bit more attacking and creative and, and actually you know, try and win games. It it seems like, and especially yesterday where we were, we were going to break and it just felt like it was only like Kane and Son up top and uh, Moore was, you know, slightly deeper. But whenever any other team breaks against us, it feels like they've got a lot more players forward that they're willing to break and they're, they're kind of just waiting to, uh, to break up play and run onto things. But for us, it doesn't seem like that. And I don't think it's going to change. But again, I don't know where the breaking point is because I can't see us um, going through uh, another bad run of games or uh, a few games where we get absolutely caned because that's the only time he's going to get sacked. Because um, it's it's more important for Levy and Paratici to be given this period of... Um, this grace period while where. It, let, let's put Nuno in there. Let him sort of hold the reins, and he'll, he'll do okay. He's not going to pull up trees, but he'll do okay, and that'll give us time to at least a briefing space to plan. But as fans, we're starting to think beyond Nuno already. I think that's fair to say. Ricky, are you? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Completely. And just to go back on your point there, um, that he is, you know, a glorified caretaker, um, a stopgap. But like Levy and Paratici should be. Uh, kind of having an overall strategy of who their next manager is going to be, um, what type of coach they want, what type of philosophy they want. Um, is it just going to be the first team? Is it going to be like seat down to the youth team? 
Like, what 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 is our strategy? What what are we going to do? And is it going to be um, a case where we try and employ managers going forward that fit a certain style? So, if someone is losing and they play high pressing, then we sack that manager and bring in another manager in that same uh, mould who, who plays to a similar style, so that there isn't that much disruption within the team. Whether it's or, or, or are we going for a scattergun approach? Just hire who's ever hot at the moment and uh, just swing in between different what, ways of, what of would you, football. What would you do, Rick? Though, if it was on you, if you was the, the the owner of the football club right now, I would do. I would try and implement a, a kind of philosophy playing style where there's a few managers knocking around that play that type of football. Who? Um, like, we've got to talk in, in a real sense. Like, like what, was, so what's the, available for Levy right now? If he was to sack him now, what would he do next? Well, go back to Fonseca, who like, fundamentally none of us really knew a single thing about. But we think now, like in my head, I was like, well, Fonseca plays attacking football. All I want is attacking football. If he goes to Newcastle and tears it up and gets Newcastle eight for something... Then you're just looking like, what the fuck have we done again? I think, I, like for me, my preference at the moment that I think is, who is gettable is Ten Hag from Ajax. Um, is he gettable? Because they they just think, smashed Dortmund four 0 He's, he's not gettable. Season. Why would he come? He's not. I, I think he would do. I think if we waived enough money, and I think the the lure of the Prem, definitely they've yeah. just, they've just beaten second place PSV five 0 yeah, I mean, he's flying. Why would he leave? The thing is, you've got to, if you want to be considered to be uh, one of the best managers, then you're going to have to play in one of the best leagues in the world, not like uh, the Dutch league. No disrespect to the Dutch league, but when you've got Ajax, uh, you're uh, you know you're kind of already got your hand halfway on a trophy there. Yeah, I think I think I think, I, I think all of us, if we if if he was on the table, then we would. They you know snap their arms off. For I it. think we we why would he why would he come to us though? We're a basket case of a club. It's not like we're the best that he can do. There are better clubs than us who who will probably take him. He probably realizes that he can he can join a better club than, than Spurs. Don't get me wrong. Think... If if Vicky's philosophy came to came to pass, I'd be all for it. Yeah, I think same. it's well, um from you know like uh, where you get uh, snippets from. Reading articles or whatever, and Tenag he was interviewed, but he he wasn't uh, he, he didn't impress during during his interview with Paratici, and and they kind of decided on on, on someone else, obviously, or, or he 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 just wasn't uh, he didn't go through to the next round of like interviewing, but um, yeah, so I just I, I think if if we would have done something, made a move for him, then we would have got him, and I still think if we went back in for him. Now or at the end of the season, come summer, I think we could. Get, I think he's definitely, definitely gettable. I think if you I'll was, I, I, if you was, if you was chairman, Rick, and you had, you you had your mindset as a fan over Daniel Levy's mindset as a business yeah. owner, then you would probably be able to convince him to come because your 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 um your end goal would be Spurs being great on the pitch, and you'd give him everything you'd need. What he's done at Ajax is incredible, and the fact that he keeps doing it instead of losing all—he loses all of his players pretty much, all of them. Delict, Ziyech, uh, um, Sanchez—I think you played under him. Uh, funny, uh, Donny Van de Beek, Frankie De Jong, Frankie De Jong, 
Um, you know, all of these players he's lost and keeps rebuilding, and that's probably part of apart from the fact that he gets served so many decent players from their academy as ever. But um, yeah, I mean that would be that would be an absolute dream. But I guess the reality, I did ask you for for, for your solution, and that would be a great solution. But the reality is that if we sack Nuno now, T, what 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 do you think the reality would be? Because Ryan Mason, as far as I understand, is still yeah. at the club. Are we He's going to Charlton? Good. Okay, so that He's solves that. Yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a bit like when people say, "Well, if Enoch leave, we could be like Leeds." It's like that when people say, "Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do next?" Um, I haven't got a file of facts full of world managers. Um, I believe Valverde's um, good for a job. Um, Giza from Argentina, Gallardo, who a few people have rated for, for River, River Plate. Doesn't speak English, but he's doing bits. But I just, um, I just don't see where. I don't. I don't think it's going to be any worse than it is in getting. You know, I just think we've got to get rid of him because I just don't see where we're going. We're just going nowhere. Um, to be second bottom for you know chances created effectively. Shots on goal as well. Um, yeah, awful. It's, I can't think well, of a I don't single think we player. A, we had a shot on think, target in the second half yesterday, didn't yeah, we? That's the third time that's happened in London derbies as well. Um, that's mad. I, I can't think of a player that is improved. At least Mourinho had Son and Kane firing or cylinders, so he had that in his locker. Nuno, I don't think there's any player I think, you know what, has done even better under Nuno. And um, what was frustrating about yesterday was that, um, Vicky did it, it to it earlier on, was that um, everything was getting funneled through the middle. He should have just gone with a bit more width. And I'm not saying that, um, that Royale is um, Danny Alves, but if you just put him on a touchline, stretch the play out a bit, it just felt like it was all going for the middle, it was all congested, and Nuno just had no kind of plan B for it. And... Um, yeah, I mean, if I was a chairman, I would be, I'd be getting all my all my contacts out there trying to find a replacement because, um, yeah, it got a little bit toxic yesterday where I was sat, but because as Flav told me yesterday, I was ten miles away from the pitch. <laughs> Nuno was Nuno wasn't going to hear the people calling him a cunt, so maybe. Was there a lot of that? Was there? Uh, There's one bloke in particular who's quite um, quite hysterical, and um, I think <laughs> if we lose badly on Saturday, it could get real toxic. Well, we've got Burnley. We've got Burnley in between then. Oh, yeah. That's that's a way. So, an away game, there's no pressure on a manager, really, is it? If we get, <laughs> if we if we lose to Burnley, it's not going to... I don't think there's going to be anyone running on the pitch throwing their season tickets... Well, throwing their phone at him. <laughs> no paper season tickets anymore, and this, so... And this is the thing. Is I'm not <laughs> sure if this is it, this is true, but I'm not... They, they will, we've probably... Have we sold out to Burnley away on, the, on a, a windy Wednesday night up in... Where we've got it? fans God. all over. Country man, it's ridiculous. We've got loads of northern fans. I think it was two hundred points, 200, over two hundred points for that. Not only do we get battered wherever we go, we've got fans wherever we go as well. Exactly, it's like um, Russian dolls, mate. We just keep, we just keep forming <laughs> yes. and forming. Just, just keep, you can keep, you can keep beating us, but we'll still keep coming forward. That's exactly. That. Daniel Levy, Daniel Levy's business plan, isn't it? Don't worry, they'll they'll keep coming. <laughs> no matter what we do to them, they'll keep coming back like a battered wife. No, is that all right? Oh. I no, I mean that's oh, disappointing in it for me, really. <laughs> um, I've got a question. I've got I've got a tweet from Ahmed uh, Backett, who is I'm sure he won't mind me um, bringing this up uh, because uh, he's from the US and uh, his bio is Tottenham Hotspur supporter, Arsenal hater, uh, THFC for life. 
and he just sent me a message, a tweet saying, Flav, I don't know what to do. Tottenham are going to pull me into oblivion. And I just sent him a message back in the kind of stoical fashion that Spurs fans have, have become accustomed to being. Not in recent years, as we talked about a bit earlier, but generally the f- the fundamentals of being Spurs is that, yeah, we're going to have to deal with a lot of shit. We're going to have to deal with shit football. We're going to have to deal with bad results. And it was only Pochettino kind of shifted that. Redknapp to a certain degree, but Pochettino really Martin did Yo. shift it. Martin Yo as well, but that was like the start of it. It was like, even under Martin Yo, there were some bad, bad, bad performances. There was like, but, but because the bar was so low, you know, literally before Martin Yo took over, Santini had lasted nine games before literally disappearing and no one, he left the club and no one ever saw him again. He, he just went. That was, a, that was, I was, a, did the French win a cup? We took him from the French national team, I'm pretty sure. I think Jack they Santini. did. I think they, I think they got knocked out of the quarterfinals of the Euro 2004. How the fuck do you remember that, mate? How do you remember that? That's <laughs> what I'm here for. I'm here to remember stuff. No, I know, I know you do, but I'm just asking how your brain works. How does it? How does it that, that, that suddenly just that popped into your head? Because just um, did. I remembered it because France got got knocked out of the World Cup in the first round in 2002, lost all three games, and then had a bit of a rebuild. But then I think they got done by I want to say Greece in 2004, and we got Santini from the from the ashes of that. And it was a brand new era, you know. Um, I think Pleat was um, caretaker, and then we got um, Yol and Santini, and we got Arneson. Honestly, I remember it yeah. very clearly. Yeah. And that, that, I guess that's where the formation of sort of pro-Levy people would have come from. Is that like, shit, there's a plan here. Arneson's coming in, director of football, signing. We, that summer, we signed so many players that no one had ever heard of. Timothy Atuba came in. That's one, yep. But we signed the players. Yeah, there was gradual improvement. And we had this sporting director who was like, had a contact book as thick as a, Lexington, Lexington steals dick. It was massive, and it, he um, it, he it just things were starting to change, and then Chelsea came and took him, and it just went tits up there. But out of the ashes of of Santini leaving and Arneson eventually leaving to Chelsea, is we had this manager that we could adore in Martin Yole, and he 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 did change things. It was a start, wasn't it? He was the catalyst actually, and um, yeah. Com- Completely. It, it, I mean, back in the Martin Yold days, it was when um, I actually had hope. <laughs> I had belief, and I, I, it was fun going to watch Tottenham. And, it was uh, fun. That was it. It was fun. That's the that's that's. And, and the thing is, as well, like back in those days, as well, like yeah, we we may still get slapped by Arsenal and Chelsea, but you could always rely on playing against West Ham and doing them. And now we're at a point where Chelsea slap us, Arsenal slap us, West Ham have done us. Uh, can we just go back to the fun bit let's go back to the fun bit just for a second Rick none of it is fun oh go on (laughs) let's go back to the fun bit for a second because yeah yeah, getting slapped by Chelsea Arsenal and West Ham isn't fun at all and Palace and Palace yeah yeah so none of that's fun but it was it was fun back there and you know out of the ashes Martin Yole came and it it became a different um a different thing to follow Tottenham. Like you had hope going into each game, and even if we got beat, and we we did get beat. Like we we like I said, after Martin Yoda, there were periods where you just think, "Fuck." Sometimes we look at utter garbage, and other times we just we tore teams apart. I remember going away to Fulham and beating them four nil. I think we won four nil, 
three times on the bounce. Was it was exciting. Was that, was that the Keen lob or the Berbatov lob? lob? One of them. There was one... Yeah, no, there was one where... It was in the brown kit, do you remember? Yeah, that yeah. Brown, yeah, and um, yeah, Keane and Bobtov scored a brace each, I think, if I remember rightly. I think it's and a that, goal, yeah. And even um, even when uh, like we we beat Reading six four, I think yeah. six four. It was madness, <laughs> but it was such. It was it, it was attacking. It was it was in inverted commas the Tottenham way. It was it was something. It was something like to hold on to, and we built from that. I can't remember what the original point is, but I think I think where we came from from watching turgid Tottenham through the nineties, latter part and the early two thousands to Martin Yole taking over unsuspectingly this assistant manager who was brought into to work with Santini was suddenly given the reins, and he got on with it and made us exciting, and we experienced that upward trajectory as, as an, an entire fan base certainly domestically because I'm not sure how globally how globally fans around the world were interested in Tottenham at that time. But uh, from, from domestically, we, we just, this felt like something was happening. And then we built and we bought players and we, we lost a few. And, but but it, was, it was a, a, a sort of slow build towards a semblance of a, a dominant football club and, and moving Tottenham back towards the, the top five teams in, in, in the nation again. And for a long time, Spurs were a part of that big five. Spurs were a part of, I don't know if you listened to the podcast we did, with um, Spooky and Ewan Flynn, and they talked about Tottenham's role in the formation of the Premier League. We had no right to be in that conversation because of the size of the football club. We were there. Um, so what I'm getting back to here is Ahmed's question was like, how, what, what do I do? Tottenham are going to pull me into oblivion. And I said, just accept it. It's, it's football. What, it's, what, I, what I would say to Ahmed is that um, the darkest hour is right before the dawn. And um, that happened when Santini walked out and Yol comes in. When Santini left, we had the part of the bus against Chelsea. That's, that was his legacy, really. Um, Yol comes in, I think we played Arsenal to 5-4 as an entertaining game. And, you know, we had good times after that. Um, Wendy Ramos had the two points from eight games. Low yeah. as it could be. Um, yep. Redknapp comes in. And we beat, we drew 4-4 with Arsenal, we beat Liverpool 2-1 and had a bunch of good results that season. Um, AVB shits the bed, um, Sherwood does awful, Poch comes in and, you know, mixed first season, we beat Chelsea at home on New Year's Day. So, things seem bad now, but I think deep down we know it's not forever. Tough times don't last. And, um, you know, obviously I'm not impressed with, with Nuno and look, who knows, maybe... Maybe he's read the right act and the next few games he will have a different philosophy and we'll get back and winning and I'll get back in my box of being Nuno out. But, but football is just, very football is very transitional. Just very just to go back to that point, there's like an interesting point you made there, T, about um you know, you you there's one transfer, one decision that, that can transform a football club. And I and uh, do you like Little Mix? I don't know, any, don't know any of their songs. Well, you might know this one. Shout out to my ex. He's really just the best. That one. <laughs> that rings a bell, actually. <laughs> yeah. So that song, I don't know if you... like. They, they've got some deep lyrics. Man. You should get into them. They're, they're, they're decent. But that's talking about being like, you know, my ex was terrible. Rubbish. Like, he treated me terribly. He just, you know, I had to pay for half the shopping down Audi and that. And he just didn't treat me well. Um The ex taught her and the rest of Little Mix 
that the new person that comes in shows her the light. And we only need one transfer. I don't know where that came from. I've got a bit of mud. Shout out to my ex. Shout out to my ex. But but these periods, these difficult periods you're going through are only highlighted to be nonsense once the new person comes into your life. And, um, you know, we're only one sort of transfer, one one, uh, managerial appointment away from feeling a lot better about our football club. So all you need to do is hold on or just ride it all the way down to the ground. Either way, you're Spurs now. You've made your decision. You've got to follow Spurs. There's nothing you can do. The diff- the most the, the the biggest challenge of a of, of a football fan is ensuring that something you can't control doesn't massively negatively impact the way you feel day to day. Because you can't when you know you know like like Liverpool fans Oh, we're the best. We're the best. Manchester City fans. We're the best. Our Arsenal fans. We beat you. Uh, or, or and same Tottenham fans. We give it to you. Did all you did is choose a football club to belong to you. You did nothing. You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything to add to any of this. So all you got to do is just you got to ride it up and down and not let it impact you as much as as much as you can. And to be fully invested in a football club is um is a beautiful thing because they can give you so much happiness. That happiness doesn't exist without the the points of, of 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 sort of bobbing along in the doldrums. So this is horrible. I get it. It's it's not. It's worse than horrible. It feels kind of like nothing. It's a nothingness at the moment that we're feeling. It's not even like a complete. It's not even we have the. Like, I don't know if you saw the Manchester United fans when they were five nil down against their most hated rival, and they were singing when they were five nil down. And that happens a lot when your team are getting pumped. You, there's a, a, a stoical resilience that is formed in football fans where they think, all right, this is awful, but there's something great about following my football club. There's something in, incredible about being together, right? So in that moment, we are, we are, we're going to unify. We're gonna, at this moment, we're going to say we're Manchester United. We're getting pumped by Liverpool, but we're here and we ain't moving and nothing happens. The problem we find ourselves in with with with, with um, Nuno and Tottenham right now is we're in the we're in the, we're in the in between, but we're nothing. We're not we're not terrible, and so we know that any decision is going to improve us. And we're not brilliant. We're just in purgatory. That's what that's exactly where we are. Purgatory. You see, those Man U fans are like those people in the Titanic playing the violin as it sunk. You know, that's what they were. Yeah. But they were playing music and they were making something beautiful, T. Yeah, that's exactly like the violinists. Yeah, but who were the wives and kids? The people left early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rats leaving a sinking ship. Yeah, rats. <laughs> Fucking rats. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I would... Actually, T, you left early the other day. You're a rat as well. The high... <laughs> you, know, you know what, yeah. Um, uh, what, what point did after, you leave yesterday? We... Uh, I, stayed, I stayed all the way yesterday. God bless um, you, God bless you. Many, many moons ago, we lost 5-2 to Arsenal. And um, I think I left her in the fifth goal when it was on the 90th minute. Yeah. I said, God, why am I leaving early? Why am I not a diehard fan? I think I just got to an age, I thought, fuck this. I'm not watching us getting shat on. Um, everyone <laughs> points to the um, the Munich 7-2, and I stayed to the end for that. But Yeah, we did, Rick. Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea, I left early. Um, early yeah, I did. I... I left about eight, 84. I just I don't I don't want to hear the final whistle. That's my only issue. Like I don't mind 
I'll leave early just so I can't. Like I, I, I turned it off at about two minutes. No, no, about a minute before the final whistle against West Ham because I just didn't want to see that hear that roar. Sorry, same geez. as same as. You know what? You know what the worst part is. You're leaving with their fans, so you're shoulder to shoulder with them. No, no. Were they giving it? Well, I mean, I'm not wearing a shirt. I don't know that I'm a Spurs fan or not. But they're just saying that Tottenham get bad everywhere they go and, oh, you're in Giants and all that sort of bollocks. And I'm just having to sit there and just... Because um, I don't know if you guys remember leaving Wembley Stadium where they'd just um, they'd, um, bleed the traffic. So you leave and then you stop, leave and then stop. So it's like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I slowly yeah, yeah. left their stadium. Shoulder to shoulder with their fans. We've played badly. I'm trying... You know, I'm, I'm there with Dan Lowe... And you know he sort of made a ticket, and um, we're kind of quietly talking about the the awfulness that was the ninety minutes. We're trying not to be you know too bait about it. And that's the problem with leaving the ninetieth minute. You, you're there with their fans, and it's just awful. I don't, I don't think that. that I, so, Rick, you're 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 one of the the states of ninety minutes lot, aren't you? <laughs> lot like they're a bad bunch. They're a good bunch. They're a good bunch. Yeah, no, I am. Yeah, I do normally stick to the to the final whistle. But what? So tell me about the mentality behind that. What, what, what's your mind state? Why? Why? Why did you do that? Not that it's a bad thing. I was just trying to understand. Like for for people watching the game and seeing Spurs get pumped or any team, and, and there are fans still in there. What, what's what's your mindset? Rick? Because um, I've missed goals, and when Tottenham, when it was Tottenham, uh, it was it, it was some fucking marketing birthday for Tottenham against Villa when it was four all. Uh, and we scored two late goals. I, me and my dad had already left, and we scored the two goals, and we could hear the roar from the stadium. And I was like, "Fuck!" Like, I wish I was back there. Because uh, against uh, Man United, where we drew two two, I think. I think so. That man, shall we say, uh, scored the equaliser. I'd left early, missed it. Um, back in the day when you wanted to get tickets for away games or cup games. You would have to queue up at the ticket office, weirdly, and you would leave the game early to go and queue for tickets for the next week. I'd, I'd, I'd miss, um, I'd miss goals from then. It's just, it was just a thing of missing out. The reason I go to football, the reason I go to Tottenham, is to feel that adrenaline and that rush when, when we score and everyone's jumping on each other and cheering. And I don't give a fuck whether it's Arsenal or whether it's Peterborough. It feels just as good every single time. Um, you should get so, into so, heroin, mate. That that probably would help you. <laughs> give, give you as much as you could. You could control the rushes. Give it to you whenever you want. It's, you're just sitting there hoping that a, a like a heroin shot will come. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, but so, sometimes it does, and, and so, when it does, it's so fucking sweet. But oh, more often than not, it doesn't. And that's it. That's the you've reached the point there. But that's 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 it, isn't it? That's the crux. What I will say about chasing, chasing it, and you, I you, you're chasing the high. But you know, and you know what's guaranteed. Doesn't matter where you are in the leagues, that high is coming. All, yeah. all football fans know about that high; it's coming. So you that's just got. Happened, ro- that's happened to me yesterday. I really thought we were going to get an equaliser because obviously they'd scored, and they'd shut up shop. But we were, you know, we, we were we were trying to create chances, and I stayed to the end thinking we might just actually do something here. Um, I think the Arsenal three was a well three one. I haven't even seen the sun go to this day. Um, that just felt so fucking hopeless. So I went to the concourse and left on the album. I thought, we, we, we're not coming back from this. I mean, if we'd have come back at 1-4, that would have been gutted. But we, we actually had enough opportunity to, to come back in that game. You haven't seen it. But we had a penalty shot that was stitched on. I think we hit the bar and Son's goal. And there was a couple of others as well. So we could have done it, T. 
But anyway, sorry, that didn't help your point. It's academic. <laughs> um, I think I think like this this is the kind of point that I wanted to get to when starting this pod. I have this idea about a conversation that we might have where we can become philosophical as Spurs fans again and know that in the short term, probably things are not going to work out. But there will be moments where we can really grab on to stuff and uh, and really love our football club again and and it's it's a, it's hard isn't it because when you've reached the top well sort of just the prefaces of the top um by getting to the champions league final and it and having that uh, being there the best two clubs in european football and spurs are one of them to where we are now where we are what creating 0.5 six five chances a game or whatever it was with the xg it's tough it's really hard to come down from that level and and, and appreciate and, not, and, and the climb was happening way before we we hit the um the champions league final but it, it, it it's, it's difficult for and I, and I appreciate like people out there who are following spurs are fucking angry and furious and lashing out like even lashing out to us and uh, not to you lot see it but on twitter like people like after the game, there was like I, I must have received like four or five tweets, just quote tweeting what I said last week after we beat a Newcastle game, like attacking the the Twitter account. I was like, I get Club, it. I love I love it to bits, Club, but that was a really really bad take. Was it because two thousand people liked it, mate? So shut your face. Well, if I was next to you, I'd have said, Club, <laughs> don't don't tweet that, <laughs> mate. That that was an absolutely acceptable take on it what I would. It wasn't. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was, and uh, like as I say, two thousand people liked it. So that uh, tea from wherever the fuck you live doesn't uh, resonate with me. It, right they now. liked it, so they could do what they did yesterday. That, that, that <laughs> see, I, I'd rather live in my world, which is positive, than your world, which is a negative, horrible little sex dungeon. Um, <laughs> may, maybe that's the case, but if you're if you're if you're some if if, if you're genuinely weird enough. To say to like a tweet so later down the road you can get another Spurs fan and get a one up and then yeah you're a creep a weird little creep but um, yeah like what I'm saying is that I understand where the energy comes from is that they can't lash out at the football club they can't do anything to change Nuno they know that Le- Levy's not listening so they'll they'll go on Twitter and and, and lash out about other um, other fans but fundamentally we're all hurting we're all we're all um, we're all suffering in this purgatory currently. And but what I was going to say, will, look, it will get better. I mean, um, next Saturday, if uh, I think this is right, if if results kind of uh, go our oh. way a bit, I mean, uh, Brighton have got Liverpool away, I think, and they're above us. Um, if West Ham lose to Villa and we beat United, we we go in fourth. Come on, boys. That's the energy. <laughs> That's the mentality. Like, just think, on Saturday, that late kickoff, 5.30 against United, Wild Lane, under the lights, we get a result, West Ham lose, Brighton, Brighton ain't going to do anything up at Liverpool, uh, and we go back into fourth. How good are we going to fucking feel come Saturday night? Beard up, loving it. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'm with you, Rick. I think that would be uh, a, a good place to round it up. Uh, T, Rick, love you, pair. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, I don't know, deal with Tottenham versus Burnley in due course. Up the fucking Spurs. Come up on, you Spurs. Spurs. It's the fighting. <laughs>
It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel channel. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 When I clock out of the hospital at 6 p.m., I'm not done for the night. That's when Gamer Nurse 40 clocks in, and she's got orcs to slay. Sure, I'm playing a 13-year-old in Scranton, but he's a level 53 mage with a filthy mouth. So I need to stay on top of my game. What'd you call me? That's when I crack open a Heineken Zero Zero. Zero alcohol, but just as refreshing. So I can focus on stealing his gold before his mom tells him it's bedtime. Take that, kids. Heineken Zero Zero. Zero point zero percent alcohol. Now you can. Must be 21 plus to purchase. Enjoy responsibly. Sports Social Podcast Network.